0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Chai Spirits, guys. we got a fun full house today. I am joined, of course, by John. Hello, John. What's up, folks? Uh, Todd is back with us. Hey, Todd. Hey. And first time on the pod, our dear friend and friend of the show, Kuba.
1: Hi. And
0: then I also have producer Jenny in the wings. Hello, producer Jenny. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Four Roses, a brand near and dear to most of our hearts, and cu- Kuba and Todd are, are somewhat experts in the subject. Kuba in particular has been... Uh, how long has your love affair with this brand uh, Ooh, been around for? Uh,
1: probably about four four years now, from uh, from curious to obsessive.
2: One year for every rose. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. He's, I appreciate you wearing a Four Roses shirt for this.
1: It's the only time I get to wear it.
2: <laughs> I'm interested. Did, did you have somewhere that you started with Four Roses, like a particular product?
1: Um, probably the single barrel OBSV. That was just something that in my early days, I heard a lot about on Reddit is like, this is a great value buy and started with that and fell in love with the flavors of Dr. Pepper and Marzipan specifically. Mm. Uh, John loves Marzipan. Is
2: the OBSV recipe the one that you'd find on like store shelves for, at a hundred proof? Yes. Okay. The
1: standard, the standard single barrel offering. And then once the barrel strengths uh, started to pop up more regularly on shelves, things kind of spiraled out of control from there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is isn't an, anyone who's seen kuba's uh collection of bottles knows this is a very true statement
2: we ought to put that up on the, uh, the instagrams that so folks can see it's pretty impressive and very well light lit thank you mm-hmm.
0: oh the lighting's fantastic um so what we'd like to do kuba Oh, actually let's talk a little little more though so you've been drinking bourbon for how long now you think um, legally, uh, <laughs> yeah, we keep it all above board <laughs> Chai spirits. Guys. I,
1: I'd say I'd say I probably got into it around 2015, 2016. Um, mm. was into whiskey before that, but it was around that time that I mm. started to discover that bourbon was something that that really resonated with me and it's been a gradual increase into the space from there.
0: Very cool. Now any other spirits besides bourbon? I know Todd here is a, a big tequila expert now.
1: Honestly, I I wish I could say so, but Mm. no, I'm just boring in that regard that I know what I like. It's uh, a a shot of old granddad in a Miller High Life and then just all the up and down variations (laughs) of that. So whether that's uh, beers of that sort or cocktails Mm -hmm. of that sort, that's it.
0: Fantastic. Hey, man. Laser
2: focus. Love
0: it. Love it. So I we're talking about Four Roses. Um, I'm sure Kuba could probably give this info more than I can, but we'll give you just a quick background on the brand for the, the good people out there.
2: Some people have never heard of it before.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was founded by Paul Jones Jr., who trademarked the name Four Roses in 1888. Cuba?
2: but um, did you know that? I didn't know that. I did not know that. I, didn't, yeah. I don't know who Paul Jones Jr. is, but... Yeah,
0: he's uh, the founder of the brand. Um, almost as good as senior. He, he claims that production and sales go back to eight, the 1860s. So we're talking yep. like Civil War times here.
2: Well, they you know they were selling out of a barrel back then, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, Four Roses was the top-selling bourbon in the U.S. in the 30s, 40s, and 50s.
2: Mm. Did you know that, John? Mm, Well, you know, maybe. Maybe. You might. (laughs) Well, also, at some point, it was not bourbon, right? It was a whiskey. it
1: it shifted into being a light blended whiskey when consumer taste started to shift to that into like the 70s and 80s.
2: Okay, Um, it wasn't in the 50s? Because I was thinking it was like... 50s 60s that they made that shift because right. i had a lot of ads from like the 60s and i thought
1: yeah i think i, I know the the blended light whiskey craze is like 70s they might have started mm-hmm. doing it a little bit sooner than that
0: well don't forget john um dis- despite how successful they were in the 1930s through 50s uh when seagram's um purchased them they decided to discontinue sales of four roses in the united states and that
2: was like 50, the 60s or so or yeah 70s? like right
0: around there yeah. and uh in the US market. So, that four roses was moved to the European and Asian markets where it uh, quickly became and still is the top selling bourbon in Europe and Japan. Can
2: we talk about that for a second? Because I know that, like in that time, like 60s, 70s, uh, seven, maybe 70s, 80s, there was like the downfall of brown spirits, you're getting into vodka. So, maybe it was like a little foresightful to, you know, shift
0: sales away from. I mean, sure. That's that's a pretty bold move, though. If you think you're you're literally benching the best product in the category, sales wise. Let's see how it works out. I mean, you know, in uh, in 2002, they were bought by Kirin, a Japanese company. I, I, I really thoroughly enjoy their beer anytime I'm getting sushi.
2: Well, can we wait? Mm-hmm. So in that time, while mm-hmm. they were overseas, I yep. mean, I mean, Japanese whiskey kind of starts to flourish at some point. Like, like mm-hmm. the Asian market becomes like obsessed with brown spirits in a way that Americans were just like what? That's what my grandpa drinks forget
0: it. Um, yeah they well they actually still make we'll get into this in a second but uh, yeah they really love bourbon in in Japan in particular but just in whiskey in general obviously they make a lot of great Japanese whiskey there too and uh, I think they're big from I've never been to Japan but from what I've heard they're big fans of scotch as well.
2: So it kind of makes sense why like it yeah. would be picked up by like a Japanese company in like the early 2000s. Yeah.
0: They, they saw they saw something there and I'm I think they were right based on uh, how things are going. But uh, yeah, they, it's funny though, that it took a Japanese company buying them to get them for sale again in the United States.
2: Also, wasn't that like their master distiller, Jim Rutledge was a big part of like going back from light whiskey to bourbon.
0: Yeah. He was kind of the,
1: the big hero of bringing the brand back to the, to the U S he was, was kind of championing it for a long time and no one was listening him to do it. And his, Recall his first big big step was bringing Yellow Label back to Kentucky, and then that gave the foothold for Four Roses to start expanding back back
2: mm. to the U.S. Wow! And um, was that like was that like two thousand one? Then after Karen bought them, or was that in the nineties? I
1: can't remember the exact year. I think I think it's probably uh, before before that. Okay. Yeah, because
0: for a while they were they were barreling things there, but then they were sending it to Japan. Exactly. Oh man! Uh, they still make a couple of uh, expressions that they only sell in Japan. What? Which I've I've had the opportunity to try a couple of them and they are very good.
2: That's true. Yeah. We actually,
0: you did let me have yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> you so. also tried this. Yeah. Um, Does that uh, market prefer a
3: lower proof, like uh, an eighty proof versus something that's like ninety or hundred?
0: If I I've sure. recall, I the small batch um, not the small batch. What the hell was it? Premium, super premium. So there, super right there, premium. Yeah, thank you, super yeah. premium. Um, I believe that is in that like eighty to ninety proof range. And that's one of those on- uh, Japanese, yeah, Japanese only, only ones. Yeah. yeah, which is very good, but definitely on the sweeter side. So yeah, I think that is uh. A little, maybe a little unlike our current bourbon market, which has really been, not completely, but a lot of people really love that super high proof. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically Four Roses has two main mash bills, mash bill B and mash bill E. Mash bill B is a 60% corn, 35% rye, 5% malted barley. And E 75% corn, 20% rye, 5% malted barley. So a, a higher rye expression and a lower but still pretty prevalent rye expression and they have five different yeast strains that they use um, v which is a delicate fruit k a slight spice o rich fruit q floral essence f herbal notes this is all from their uh, their website they actually have pretty good details on this stuff yeah. i don't want to get into too much because we're going to do another episode at some point where we really dig deep on the different individual recipes but uh they have 10 different ones and they use those 10 different recipes to create their various products and we're going to get into that when we chase them cuz we have uh five expressions to try today. Uh they're their yellow label. Yeah, I put in quotes yellow label cuz the label is no longer yellow, but uh people still like to refer to it as the yellow label, which is their kind of entry level bra- into the brand. Used to be a screw top. Mhm. The uh the small batch, the single barrel, the small batch select, and then we have a special special um pour for the fifth and final thing. We'll wait till we get to that to talk about it. So let's, but let's start off with the, with the yellow label, straight bourbon. But first let's take a quick break and we're back. So first up we've got the, uh, the straight bourbon from Four Roses or their yellow label. Let's everybody take, take a whiff. What do you guys get on the nose?
2: It's really like springy and floral.
0: Now this expression is aged a minimum of five years and it's a blend of all 10 of their recipes that we uh, briefly touched on. They're each mash bill, Combined with the different yeast strains. Uh, it gives you 10 recipes. They blend all of that together. I don't know in what proportion. That's a trade secret. But uh, they blend all 10 of those to get us here. It comes in at 80 proof. And you can buy this at your local liquor store for about 20 bucks. What a steal.
2: Mm-hmm. It does smell great.
0: Maybe a little bit of pine. I have done uh, many shots of this at bars over the years.
2: I'm glad you added it over the years. Yeah, I... it's got... A nice blend of really everything from citrus to floral and nothing too much. And like just a little bit of cherry when I first smelled it.
0: Get in on the palate, John. Let me see what you think. Mm. Now, Cuba, you being the expert of the brand, what are you, what are you getting on that one?
2: Um, so I
1: definitely get like the, the higher rye presence coming through on on the nose and the palate. That, that kind of herbalness um, is jumping out. It's pretty light uh, in terms of its its flavor um but in a really pleasant way like it it doesn't have an ethanol bite it does have a bit of wood spice through throughout um Mm -hmm. just like a really nice easy sipper
0: i'm definitely getting a little of that uh, spice on the finish there which is
2: kind of nice yeah oh it's so nice yeah it tastes very familiar (laughs) i was like i was like whoa i knew that
3: i don't know that i if i had it blind i don't know that i would think it was a 20 dollar bourbon i think it's oh yeah it's Thirty and above, maybe. It's
2: pretty good. Easily, easily, yeah. I mean, honestly, it doesn't taste cheap. No. no.
1: But it, it doesn't taste eighty proof either. No. Like when I think eighty proof, I think water basically, <laughs> and and this definitely has a bit of presence to it, which I think is nice because a lot of people see eighty proof on the shelf and they're like, nope, not not for me. But I think this has something for you know those nice weeknight sipping occasions. Yeah, no, it's it's
0: a lot easier to drink an entire bottle of whiskey in one day if it's 80 proof. That's right. That's been my experience. <laughs> um, but no, that's delightful. Uh, again, great cocktail, bourbon.
2: You have here that it's aged a minimum of five years? Yeah. Uh, it's just wild. I guess that must be a pretty good blend because it really tastes pretty complex and I feel like a bunch of five-year-old stuff just doesn't taste like this generally.
1: So what I've heard is that some of the older age rejects from the single barrel program that don't kind of make the cut to make it into the program, get thrown into the tan label blend. Mm. Um, so that kind of gives it just a little bit of, of that oakiness. Uh, just looking at the, the color and thinking through the taste, I'm sure a majority of it is in that kind of five-year range, but they do throw a little bit of older stuff that's just not good enough to throw into a limited edition or on its own on a single barrel into it to kind of round it out a bit.
2: Oh, I, I'm not surprised. it's really good.
3: And you could have a, a single barrel that maybe isn't a really good single barrel expression, but does great in a blend. So that's yeah, good. I, I think this is really, you know, they're master blenders, and you're tasting it right here with whatever they're doing Ooh. behind the scenes. Yeah.
0: No, great stuff. So up next, we've got the Fort a Small Batch. Um, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little biased. This has been a favorite of mine for many years.
2: I don't think you're biased. I mean, I think it, it's got pretty good reviews on...
0: Yeah, um, it has a 92 score on Distiller, which is a favorite website of mine. Now, you can't, you know, don't put that's one person's opinion on there, but uh, that's a pretty good score for a $35 bourbon uh, coming in at 90 proof. This is aged a minimum of six to seven years, so getting a little older and a little more specific on the recipes, too. So, this is a blend of four of the recipes the OBSK, OBSO, OESK, and OESO.
2: Do we know why? Why do they choose those four?
0: Those those four recipes in particular
1: yeah. for this? Um, I don't have a good answer for that. I think it's it just dates back to they figured those four play well together.
0: They're mad scientists, John. Yeah. What
1: about why do they name them like that? So so there's a naming convention that goes back to the Seagram's days. Um, the first one, I forget, forget exactly what the O stands for. I think it, if I'm recalling correctly, it goes back to when Seagram's had bought a bunch of distilleries that still held on to their old names. So I think the O stands for Old Prentice Distillery, which is what the Four Roses Distillery is now. The second letter, B or, or E, is always going to refer to the mash bill, higher, rye, or, or lower rye. Um, the S, uh, I'm forgetting exactly what that stands for. Then the last letter is, is going to be um, the E strain that's used. So really, it's just the second and fourth letter that are that are always changing. Uh, the first and third refer to the location that it's distilled in, which is now a constant.
2: It's probably for the acronym like OBSC. Oscar. Right. You know, and, <laughs> it just sounds fun. Yeah.
0: Have you guys ever been to the distillery? I
1: yeah, have, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I have too, actually. And they told me all of this stuff, and I have forgotten it. Cause it, was, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like six years ago. But, it's uh, really
2: dry. It's really
0: boring stuff. Yeah. Like, it's only nerds. Yeah. And it's like, remember. hey, try this bourbon. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great.
2: Also, it, they just went, um, aren't they adding like a warehouse right now? Like a huge expansion
0: i think
3: everybody is yeah
2: yeah but i think like i mean i think they did already like they redid the the visitor center and stuff and all that but now just like right now they're breaking ground on another it's gonna
0: be real awkward in four years when everyone goes back to drinking vodka
2: but not not me
0: but then you'll be able to buy this stuff off the shelf for like half the price
2: right i mean it it is true that you know alcohol is very trend-based right so i wouldn't be surprised
0: so we got the small batch in front of us what do you guys think? What's your first first impressions? What do you think?
2: Ooh, there's like caramel or something, or like soda on the nose. It's
0: definitely
1: sweeter mm. on on the nose than the than the tan label. Like I'm getting mm. some light fruitiness, like peach comes to mind.
2: Mm. I'm getting like cola. All
0: right. Producer Jenny's getting some vanilla. She just informed me. So
1: we're making a creamsicle with his orange.
2: Nose. Oh, I oh, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. Very very pleasant nose. Palette is delightful. I love this bourbon.
2: Yeah, that is well-balanced.
0: So this definitely does taste like it's 90 proof to me. It does. But I am not upset about it.
2: That's kind of the sweet spot for proof for Parker and me, at least. Like, we always talk about that being so good. I don't know about you guys, but I don't mind that it tastes like 90.
0: Hey, I I enjoy drinking something that I can drink a couple of things without uh, falling over.
3: Yeah, I like around 100.
2: Yeah.
0: And then you can, you know...
3: Do a drop of water, open it up a little bit. Well,
2: that's very true.
0: No, there's definitely times when the lower proof stuff just doesn't hold up. Yeah. But I think this is this is doing just fine.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially like if it's the first whiskey you've had for the day, it's like all you need really. But, you know, if you've had coffee and stuff and you gotta like, you know, find something a little more going on. Are you guys picking up anything in particular on this palette?
0: The spice note is a lot more subtle on this. Yeah. I think than the previous one. I'd Thank agree. You- I get a little bit of it in there. It's it's definitely there, but it's a lot more subtle than the uh, the yellow label.
2: I'd say like on the palate, I'm getting kind of like a baking spice kind of thing, and then at the end, it's kind of like anise. Um, but I think I'm really sensitive to that, and I really like it.
0: There's something else there. What is
2: it?
1: I get I get the light fruity notes, and then mm. like a, a bit of tea. I don't know if it's herbal tea or more like Earl Grey. I, but I li- there's
0: I like that. Um, like Earl Grey tea is yeah. great. Um, great note. Something along those lines. Yeah, I'm going mean, to amend mine. Also, also the favorite tea of my favorite Starship Captain. We'll move on from that.
3: The handy dandy small tag that comes on the Four Roses.
2: Oh, which... I thought that was the Starship Captain. <laughs> the handy dandy.
3: <laughs> so you know Four Roses is confusing. We were talking about the four letter mm-hmm. yep. acronyms or yep. initialisms. And you know it's confusing when the Four Roses bottle comes with a cheat sheet to oh, tell yeah. you <laughs> how to decode the recipes. So Jenny, if you take a peek at that, so it's, it, you've got the ten recipes on the back. What are the O recipes? Because they call out like the prominent flavor mm. profile. Oh, good call, I man. I don't have a mic. Okay. So the O, yeah, the O's are fruity, and that's what I thought. Because when uh, Koopa said fruity, it made me think. Well, it makes sense because we've got we've got you know a couple two. O recipes. And
2: and to be fair, on. there are two O's here. You're talking about that second, the last O, right?
3: So both O's are in the fruity category. Yeah. And then the K's are more more about light spice. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, which is, you know, we called out both of those, so I think we
2: win. Give us a, let us, uh, give us an award, for Roses. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, I thought we won just by drinking this great Four Roses bourbon,
0: too. There's a light sweet note in there, too, that I like. Mm. I've always liked this because of the, like, I, I enjoy a sweet bourbon, generally, and it has a little bit of sweetness to it that yeah. I really enjoy.
1: This is like peach iced tea mm-hmm. for me.
0: That's a good way to put it. Maybe like just a hint of honey or something like that. Isn't yeah, I'm, there? Which, I'm trying to figure it out. Shoot. I also associate with tea. Mm-hmm. Say
3: so. like peach tea with
2: honey. This mm-hmm. does taste mm-hmm. like something that would go really well in a summertime cocktail. Yeah.
0: Like I got good news because next up we're gonna try a Crown Royal Peach Tea made cocktail <laughs> on this episode uh, right now. No, God damn,
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not gonna mess up your palate at all, no, no, is no, it? I, I wouldn't do that to you guys. You um, would.
1: While we're sipping, to clarify because oh. we have the power of the internet here, that S that is consistent stands for straight whiskey. Oh. So it's Old Prentice, uh, the Mash Bill, straight whiskey, the yeast strain.
0: So someday if they wanted, they could create new recipes that were not straight whiskey and with different letters.
1: In theory. I mean, the world's
0: a crazy place, my friend. All right, so next up, our third installment here is the Single Barrel from uh, from Four Roses.
2: And so this is like the, you find it on the shelf. Like this is different from, well, we haven't well, really talked too much
0: about the others. All three of these you can find on the shelf yeah. regularly. Um, this is aged a minimum of seven to nine years. So getting a little older. Now, it being a single barrel, it is one specific recipe. It is the OBSV recipe. Correct. So I, I kind of assume this is the one they're making the most of then. If it's, you know, in... Every bottle a single barrel, and also in all the yellow labels. So. That's an
2: interesting point. What do you guys think? I mean, they must, right? Like, if it's yeah, all over
0: the place. Yeah, and I truly do see it all over the place.
2: Yeah, and so this one's a hundred proof, right? Yeah, we is, say that.
0: Yeah, hundred proof comes in um, about fifty bucks at your local liquor store. That price has gone up in the last two years, unfortunately. But uh, inflation, you know, so I feel like prices a lot of things are going up, so that's just how it goes. Um,
2: it's you know? also still a really good deal, I think. Well, I haven't tasted it in a while, so.
0: So, obvious the B mash bill being the higher rye mash bill, so we should ideally see some uh, increased spice in this compared to the last one. But uh, what do you guys think? What's on the nose?
2: It's a little more muted for me. I don't know, but what, are you guys getting anything?
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, I thought there'd be more spice in the nose than I'm getting. I get I get a bit of the spice, but
1: I'm getting more rich fruitiness, like cherry. Um, yeah. Dr. Pepper, which is, maybe it's just my, my bias or my nostalgia, but it's a note that comes through consistently for me with OBSV.
0: Hmm. I'm going to add Dr. Pepper to the official tasting of wheel of Shy Spirits guys.
2: That's kind of like what I got on the on the first one was like that cola. but um,
0: Maybe a little bit of
3: baking spice.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of scrolled around a little more and I'm getting something more, but I can't pick it up.
3: Kind of reminds me of a, like a waffle cone. From oh Jenny, okay. Jenny's ice cream. Oh
2: my yeah. god, I love that. Waffle Jenny, cow. your ice cream is so good. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome.
0: Although I always get the trio. So if you guys are ever in a place that has Jenny's ice cream, you should go and get the trio
1: immediately. Stop listening to this right and now. Go right now, we and
0: don't you, have to stop. You just you like, leave it on. You know. Walk in with it on your phone and uh, <laughs> don't be rude. Listen.
1: You're right. You're right. Take out your headphones. Play it out loud so <laughs> yes. that everyone can listen while you enjoy some delicious that Jenny's ice cream. And that's how we got
0: sponsored by Jenny's ice cream. Oh, man, don't get me. Go my hopes up because I would love that. <laughs> Pay me an ice cream. That's fine. Gain fifty pounds, but it'll be worth it.
2: <clears throat> Not enough orange theory. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, producer Jane's getting some blackberry on the palate. Mm. That's a good note. I get that.
2: Totally on the palate. The, Even into the finish a little bit.
1: The oak is a little bit more pronounced for me on mm. this, and maybe it's just because we're tasting a single barrel as opposed to a blend that is dialed into some specifications. But like, you can, you can, you can get that age a little bit more. Mm.
0: Totally. This I get, is. I get that new oak vibe on that. Mm. which I like.
2: This just is, um, I mean, I hate to be so basic on my um, exploration of this, but it really tastes like just a a very solid bourbon, like a middle-of-the-road, like this is the bourbon that you could introduce people to and be like, hey, you've never had bourbon before? You should try Four Roses Single Barrel. It has uh, a really nice balance. It's really approachable. It's not overly oaky, and it is kind of a little bit uh, fruity maybe grapey or something I don't know but it's uh just awesome wow
1: yeah the dark fruit is is really pronounced here
3: when I get that dreaded question of I need a a bottle of bourbon for my dad you know something in like the $50 range what can you recommend that I know is going to be on the shelf it's so hard to answer this is typically something I'll recommend I love
0: that question I get it all the time do you
2: recommend this yes I I don't know why I have not been doing that. Like I'm always doing others
0: like Russells and stuff. And I mean Russells is really good, but I've got like five things that I recommend in that price range. When random people ask me on the street, of course, you pick put that on the website. But uh, yeah, that's this is one of those five. Yeah, and it's it's great. The yeah, BlackBerry Note is really good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. that's it's hard to get I past. I can't that get that out of my head now. But I'm I feel like there's like a sweet a, a hint of sweetness in here that I'm even though I know it's not like the sweeter. Gosh, but i can' I'm trying to get the specific note on it and i'm I'm having a hard time
1: for me it's it's almost like confectionery sugar whereas mm-hmm. the um the standard small batch is a little bit more like honey caramel yeah as you as you mentioned this is yeah. like not thinner maybe a little like sharper in its sweetness well, it, as opposed to it's
0: funny I was gonna say is that the the small batch feels like a more viscous sugar yeah, so like yeah, actually, yeah. exactly yeah whereas yeah you're right this is more of a not thin but like a a lighter sugary yes one. yeah
1: it's Great. not overly sweet like it it mm-hmm. is, is nicely balanced with the oak and the blackberry and that that wood spice and that rice spice
0: no for sure what do we got next so next up we've got the uh, small batch select so this is a little bit newer from them as far as lineup goes this i remember the a fourth couple, rows, right i remember a couple years ago when you couldn't get this in illinois but uh, thankfully in the last couple years they've made it available uh, it's aged a minimum of six to seven years non-chill filtered. So
2: so it's kind of like small batch in the sense that they're both six to seven years, but non-chill oh. filtered is unique to it, right?
0: A little bit, yes. That is unique to it, and it uses six of the recipes. It does not use the O or the Q recipes.
2: Well, so that, is, that also makes it unique because looking back at small batch, that does use some O. No Q, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. This is interesting because this is Four Roses' first innovation in, in years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, somewhere around there, where yeah. they where they released this. Um, and it seemed like a response to just how the bourbon market was changing with response to with desire for higher proof non-shell filtered things that they wanted to step directly into that and offer something that was more shelf available than the barrel strength single barrel.
2: I'm modelings. having a hard time thinking too about like something that's regularly on the shelf, non-shell filtered, and that's six to seven years like around this price too
0: so yeah that's the big thing is that it comes in at 104 proof and it's $60 at your local liquor store so more expensive than the other things we've tried even though it's aged less than the single barrel
2: but it's also higher proof
0: a little bit higher proof like slightly but you know they're using more recipes six of the recipes I've got to think that what's going into this blend there's something about it that makes it a little more expensive and a little more sought after I would hope yeah but we'll be the judge right now of
2: that. So there yeah, you
3: go. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, like, this is their first product in a while, which is true. But having 10 combinations of different recipes for single barrels, it's almost like, you know, nobody does that. Right. Yeah, right. right. And it's like, they overshot. They tried too hard. Too many products. So they had to, like, go <laughs> on pause for a while. And then finally, they were like, okay, I think we're good.
2: Actually, we're ready to release another That product. does make me wonder. When did they introduce the 10, like? barrel strength recipes like was that around for the last 15 years was that Do we know
1: so the 10 recipes have been around for a while
2: um but i mean like since they've been like telling consumers about that like on the barrel strength bottles like
3: early 2000s i think
1: think that's right yeah uh i know like, like late 2000s is when they start making a push for premiumization and that's when the prototypical small batch limited edition comes out so Mm. I'm I'm guessing around 2008 2009 is when barrel strength single barrels of the individual recipes that aren't
0: OBSV start to become available that makes sense so small batch select
2: I'm gonna be honest this is a sharp nose It, it feels like astringent almost but not but it's got a lot of like smell to it it's got like a defining smell it's not just like whiffing alcohol like rubbing alcohol but it definitely hits my nostrils in like a, I get a more hint, pungent I way. I get a
0: hint of licorice on the nose. That's, yeah, that's my thought. Um, yeah, I can get that. Any yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's interesting how big of a difference that the addition of that F yeast mm-hmm. makes. Like going back back to the the standard small batch where you've got the K's which are all about spice, and you got the O's which are all about like subtle fruit. This you've got the Vs, which are richer fruit, K's again that spice, and then F, which is like minty herbalness, and that minty herbalness transforms it into, into something else entirely. Like you still got those two elements of fruit and spice, but then you're adding this other thing on top of it that makes it entirely different from the bourbon that we drank just two prior to this.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's really kind of really cool how they have these ten recipes that they can do so many things with.
2: Yeah. Can
1: I borrow uh, your microphone for a second? So one of the things that I think is really interesting on this one is like, I know right now that this doesn't have O or Q in it. So I can look at what those two parts of the acronym are and kind of know what I'm looking for flavor-wise out of what I'm tasting. And as somebody who didn't have that much knowledge about all of this ahead of time, I think that that's a really interesting aspect of tasting four roses.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You learn a lot more about, like, bourbon and yeast and, and, yeah, by doing that. It's great for bread. I mean, also, the other thing that we didn't mention is that, like, most distilleries don't tell you that the yeast they're using. Most distilleries just have one yeast strain.
1: Yep. So, from my understanding, the five yeast strains that they have were from back when Seagram's was making a big push to just buy a whole bunch of distilleries to push into this being a big blender Mm. phase. And that's that's kind of what they shifted into and like, 50s 60s 70s that, that kind of deal um like, like
2: blender in the in the bad word sense like nowadays we like blending a lot but for a while it was like blending grain neutral spirits with whiskey to you know make your product last yes longer.
1: yeah um it was good then it became bad because of all all the addition of that stuff but so so they bought five distilleries with that came five five yeast strains and that gave them the their 10 components to mm. two mash bills five yeast strains and that's What's really interesting about the brand is that you're you're tasting basically elements of a, of a kitchen. These are all individual ingredients and they're blended together to create different things. So they're still holding on to that blending aspect. Um, they're just doing it in a way more nuanced and intentional way, as opposed to just throwing a whole bunch of things in a vat and throwing it out there for...
2: And it's kind of cool too, because you're kind of tasting through history in a sense too, like these historical distilleries that were bought still live on through the brand in many ways that you know, mega corporations that buy distilleries and then, you know, industrialize the process don't. Yep. You know, who knows when Luxco bought, you know, whatever, if they're keeping the yeast strain and all that.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't want to spoil the surprise, but eventually John, uh, Chai Spirits guys is going to buy a distillery.
2: Well, for sure. I mean, you have to become part of the production, you know, like, you know. That's not a surprise. I think
3: the funding's been secured from my understanding, no, we're, right? We're, we're working on it. I mean,
2: look, listener, if you want to get in on this, just send us a lot of money and you can, yeah. <laughs> Preferably cash. Yeah, so It's got to be cash. Yeah. Please just cash. Thank you. I like
3: that Four Roses has so many different products. Like I know that we've. Been talking about that and thinking about the Buffalo Trace podcast that we did. Shout out to that podcast. You should listen to it. It's awesome. Great episode. Yeah. Buffalo Trace has a ton of products and a lot of people don't know that they only really have three whiskey mash builds. Mm-hmm. That's really know, They've got point. the high rye, the low rye bourbon, and then they've got the weed whiskey. Indeed.
2: Weeded bourbon. Yeah.
0: And also, if you're more interested in that, listen to an episode we're going to do in like a month where we do Buffalo Trace 201. Get excited. I didn't even know that was happening. Oh, yeah. You're invited. Oh, yeah. Very excited.
2: This is your official invitation.
0: <laughs> what do you guys get on the palette here? I finished mine too fast on small batch. On the small batch select, I got. It was a, so good. A little bit of caramel, a hint of clove, and the third thing I can't place yet.
2: Can we talk about this for one second? I'm going to be honest. Going into this, I didn't love the small batch select, but I t- this tastes a very mellow compared to what i remember it being mm-hmm. is this bottle been open for like a little bit
0: yeah this bottle's been open a little longer than a few of the of other ones we've tried like would you say like months or days or what probably at least six months so yeah that might have toned it down a bit
2: well it just tastes different from like because i feel like the other times i've had it it's always been just like right you know open the bottle and but i'm sorry i kind of interrupted what do you guys get on the palate
1: so as opposed to the single barrel and the standard small batch, this feels a little bit more earthy. Like not to say that it's not sweet or spicy. Those elements are certainly there. It's just dialed in more to be, it, it feels more sophisticated yeah. and not necessarily in a good way. It's, it's like
2: depends. I mean, some people want that. Some yeah, people don't.
1: exactly. It's, it's a much more nuanced, Drink. It's bringing more things to the table yeah. than I think you would get from a standard shelf offering, but it isn't for everyone.
0: I'm, I, I'm sorry. I really want to um, mention this. I'm getting some like grain sweetness on this. Mm. So I, I want to rescind my earlier like caramel because I thought that was, that was your, something sweet. I was thinking caramel. Upon further review, I think it's more of like a grain sweetness, like maybe a uh, like a corn aspect. Maybe it's the, a little bit of that barley going through. I don't know, but. There's definitely a sweetness there, but I can't really place it on the normal, like what you would think is a sweet. Oh, vanilla, caramel, butterscotch.
2: Which is, you know, uh, some people like being able to taste the grain, but a lot of people I think like that wood to kind of like do away with that grain distillate taste. I mean.
0: But I, like, I mean the grain though, not in like, hey, it's really young. Cause that's usually yeah. what I associate grain. That's what I was thinking. It was like, oh, it's like, a, it's like a two-year-old or a one-year-old thing and it's super grain young. This is not that at all. Okay. But I, I do feel like there's a little bit of the, uh, maybe like the cocoa grain malt sweetness to it. Yeah. I,
1: I mm-hmm. don't know if you guys have talked about it on the podcast, but the Old Forester rye, just the standard rye offering that they released is that really high barley content mm-hmm. and has yes. those really interesting notes of earthiness and cocoa and tobacco and all that. And I feel that there's yeah. there's a similarity here. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, John's not a fan of Old Forester, but I do love the brand. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The brand.
1: Wait,
2: what, old Forester <laughs> is that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I remember that.
0: That's Todd, a really good point, though. Yeah, Todd, what do you think?
3: Thinking about recommending a bourbon to somebody who's like kind of new to bourbon, I don't know that I would recommend this because I think this is more of like a bourbon drinker's bourbon. Yeah, like it's got that. it's got character. It's got some things that it, I think somebody who's not accustomed to trying a bunch of different bourbons might find a little off-putting, but. It's it's good. I like it. Yeah. I enjoy the complexity of it. This, this reminds, is a uh, sorry, go
2: ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say cuz I actually offered zero insight into what it tastes like. <laughs> it tasted it tasted to me a little bit more like a cocktail, almost like a sazerac or something like but the an- anise and like it was definitely more on the spice side. I'm looking at the flavor well, spice dealing with like aromatic, but also like licorice, mint, herbal tea, clove. Like I'm getting a lot of those.
0: Yeah, almond or marzipan in there. You know what? Not yet, mm. <laughs> but maybe. Nice, still young. Let's, yeah, Let's not rule it out.
1: What this feels like to me, and I know this is a controversial opinion in the room and outside of the room, but this feels like the last Jedi of the <laughs> Four Roses lineup, <laughs> <laughs> where there's there's something interesting happening here, and it steps out of line with with what the main offering is. The length of this podcast, just you just have like an hour.
2: I know we need to delve into that so badly. <laughs> Bonus content. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. About, we'll talk about that off air,
1: but um, there's there's something to be said for them doing something different for a very specific audience, and yeah. uh, it's it's an interesting take, but it's not going to be for everybody.
0: Yeah, I fucking hate that movie. Um, and well, <laughs> hey, don't hold that. Kubo was, was nice having you on. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have a lot of strong opinions about that we movie. All, we and all do. In that trilogy, and you know what, my. Rian Johnson succeeded in subverting my expectations. I was expecting that movie to be good, and it wasn't. <laughs> Congratulations. My expectations were sufficiently subverted. Well done. But I feel like
1: you gotta you got to hand it to Four Roses for subverting expectations for what you think of with their line, which is, like, fruity, a little bit spicy, and that you can see that in degrees from tan label to small batch to single barrel, and then this is different from all of those. It so is offering something new. I agree with
0: you. I'm very impressed by the the differentiation between each expression. Yeah.
2: Actually, it's, that makes me want to ask you this. Like, what would you use these for for sipping or for mixing? Like, what are your thoughts on both of those for all the three things that we just tried?
0: Well, I would definitely use four, the four things. Yellow label uh straight bourbon for uh face and whiskey. So, that's kind of shooting for a lot of people. Shoot. Um and also for any cock- cocktailing. That'd be a great cocktail bourbon all day long. Well, for some
2: cocktails, right? Because it's like, it's 80 proof. So you're going to proof it down a lot. So I'm thinking like, you know, if it's a Manhattan or if it's like very spirit. Well, what I or- tell everybody
0: when they say this is where it's like, hey, I need 100 proof bourbon for this cocktail. No, just add more bourbon. Mm. That's fine. Just, just go instead <laughs> of two ounces, go three ounces. You're there. Uh, I would use it for that. I enjoy sipping on the small batch. It's been a favorite bourbon of mine for five years now. Mm. And really the rest of them, I feel like I'd also like to um, just sip neat.
2: I just, yeah, I'm so intrigued by like, I think that each of these has such a different profile, really surprisingly different, that they would really stand up quite well in like just different cocktails.
0: You bring up a good point, and let's let's touch on this now before we get into our last expression here, because mm-hmm. the last one's going to be everyone's favorite. So, that's, so is that, <laughs> we let's, let's talk right now about what was everyone's favorite expression. Out of the four? Out of the four we tried.
2: Uh,
1: I will say the single barrel OBSV just dials in what I love about the brand.
0: Very
3: cool. Todd, what do you think? gonna have to follow the, the master here single barrel
2: that was cool. really good but i'm kind of i'm kind of really surprised at how much i like the small batch select and the small batch i liked mm-hmm. for different reasons both of those maybe i'll just go small batch
0: you know it's funny that's also my favorite is the small batch mm. but that has been my favorite of their brand for a long time of their normal expressions
2: i rescind my choice i'll take small
0: batch select thank you i appreciate it. Yeah. get off my island here
2: um, <laughs> there's only so much get off home.
0: my lawn <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah it's I love the small batch. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. I always enjoy a bourbon that, hey, you know, I can drink four of these and I'm not going to be like falling over. The lower proof. It's 92 proof. I'm sorry. It's uh, 90 proof. 92 was the score of the distiller. Yeah. But uh, 90 proof, you know, it's very, very approachable. A nice, sweet bourbon. It's got some complexity to it, but it's just very very approachable. It's the bourbon next door. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good way to put that, John. Thank you.
1: I feel like the, the tan label is what you introduce to someone who's like bourbon curious. The small batch is what you give to someone who's like starting to flirt with bourbon. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's Mm -hmm. robustness, but it's, it's very approachable. Single barrels, like when you're kind of, Starting to get into that intermediate range and then small batch select is you want you want something different. You want something to challenge your palate a little bit and you can find that there.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I do like that about the small batch select. It, more so than I realized until we tried this for just now that the complexity is great. Because I mentioned this on previous episodes that I really like a a bourbon that I can revisit a couple times and always find something new. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's great about a really complex bourbon is, you know, hey, yeah, I tried it once, oh, it was good, but yeah, I got like some vanilla and some of this. And the next time I'm trying, oh, actually, you know what? There was some blackberry and some, a little bit of spice on there. Oh, there's a little bit of like um, cocoa, but in the, not in the chocolate variety, but in the like grain variety. Like, I, I like that there is a complexity to that.
2: You know, that's they say cool. bourbon's like a river, you never step into the same bourbon twice. Who says that? Oh, uh, they. Yeah. Dalai Lama, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Big hitter, to the llama from what I've heard. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, well, good what stuff. is the
2: next one then? So next up, I'm and so excited. Our last uh,
0: expression here is the limited edition small batch from 2019, which is pr- is definitely in the top ten, if not the top five, of my favorite bourbons ever.
2: I'm just gonna say I've smelled this ne- just now, and it. it um, it's a good thing we've ended with this one because this has the m- most. Yeah, it would interrupt Michael. the lead
0: with this and then ruin you for the, every other expression of theirs. This is made from bourbons aged from 11 to 21 years. They use a 21-year-old OBSV, a 15-year-old OESK, a 15-year-old OESV, and an 11-year-old OESV.
2: There's something special about a bourbon so old it could drink itself.
3: That is, that's some <laughs> crazy math right there.
0: Yeah, only 13,440 bottles of this were produced.
2: And there were approximately 1 billion requests for it at liquor
0: stores across the country. <laughs> that is accurate. And it comes in at 112.6 proof.
2: That's respectable, but yeah, not like they're wasting it. Yeah, it's that's a
0: good good proof.
3: That's on par with what their other ones are. I, I always notice that they're pretty similar with every
2: You're relays. talking about the small batch limited? Yeah,
1: they're usually around 111 to 116, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. It range. reminds
3: me of uh, MGP barrel proof stuff, how it's always like... 105 to, like, 114 proof. And I just, I like
2: that consistency. Yeah. Somebody's tasting right. Man, I don't want to sip this because it smells so good.
1: That's that's the thing I love about this one is, like, the, the nose on it is just incredible. And that's often a part of bourbon that I downplay. Like, I'm, I'm much more focused on the palate usually. But with this one, you can just let it sit in the glass and smell it. And that's an enjoyable experience in and of itself.
2: It almost tastes like a refined version of this doesn't quite jive with what I just said. Like, sophisticated grape soda. I just feel like yes. it's... Yes, yeah, no, no. It you're sounds not wrong. so dumb, but it's just... I'm, I'm getting some
0: fresh fruit of the nose. Maybe some uh, apricot. Mm. Maybe uh, Cuba's peach note again. But uh, I definitely it, get This is Cuba's peach. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, John spit his out. Didn't like it.
2: Yeah. No, that was terrible. You guys shouldn't drink any more of that and give the rest to me.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think?
2: They didn't drink like 112.
3: Maybe a little creamy, a little leathery.
2: Yeah, the mouthfeel on that is uh, the best of everything we've had by far. It's also like, oh man, it's um, I had something then I lost it.
0: I like the leather like, note. I get a little clove. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some spice influence there. I'm really feeling on the finish, which is nice.
2: This is like broody and complex. It's like really hard to nail down, but man.
1: I think to- Todd's note of creamy is like dead on. That that finish is it's like drinking a vanilla milkshake and just the the flavor you get after that.
3: So is it everybody's favorite?
1: Yeah. Undoubtedly, but it's kind of an unfair... Yeah, package. that's
0: that's why we talked about our favorites before this it's one. It's like please.
1: Tyson fighting a bunch of school children. Like, it's, not, it's not really fair. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure.
2: Yeah, My money's on the redhead kid in the back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, looks, he looks pretty spry. Oh, yeah.
2: He's fighting... He's got a cause. Now, I gotta say, that when you said vanilla milkshake, I totally get it. I'm almost thinking like homemade... All right, Jenny's gonna love this. Homemade vanilla ice cream. When you've had it like, out of the bag, and it's like a little salty, I'm, that is that is this for me. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously not a perfect comparison because ice cream doesn't taste anything like whiskey.
3: You eat ice cream out of a bag?
2: No, but you know when you like make it and you have two bags and you have one with like the cream, the the sugar and like a little bit of salt and stuff and then like you put the ice in the other bag and you put one bag in the other and you like for like 25 minutes and you make ice cream that way. You ever did that? I've
3: never made ice cream. Me neither. But I'm learning so much. Oh my God, guys. How about you, John? We're
2: going to go back to childhood. I actually and, have made ice, ice cream. cream.
0: But I don't remember the bag of ice in the. Well, because you, you got to use
2: it. ice to get um, the the freezing point lower, and sure, so then it sure. like causes the milk to the cream to
0: become the more, icy. The more I drink this, I'm getting more of the spice.
2: You're talking about like uh, anything in particular,
0: like baking stuff? A little um, the baking spice, I think it is, like a baked goods baking spice. Because I
2: want to make sure a listener knows that when we talk about spice, we're not talking about the ethanol note, like especially on a good bourbon like this.
0: Yeah, if you guys want some spice, I've got this ghost pepper infused my lord over here. <laughs> no,
2: no. No, that's a different that spice. That is
0: a very different, that's a very uh, vegetal spice note that you're going to remember for the rest of your life if you try it. Twice, really. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. one,
3: sorry, go ahead. That spice could be coming from the K recipe in here, that 15-year-old K. Mm.
0: That's a great call. Yeah.
1: When I, when I think of spice, uh, one of the things that a good friend kind of turned me into on, turn me into is that there are three different kinds of things that register a spice there's like ethanol there's there's the heat of the alcohol itself which Mm -hmm. can register spicy there's wood spice that comes from from the oak and then there's rye spice which comes from the rye content like the latter is going to be much more associated with those herbal flavors the middle being much more associated with um you know tasting oak and, and woodiness on on the bourbon itself and the The first one being just like I'm. There's ever clear. Yeah, nobody wants.
0: Nobody wants the first one. We all want the second and third. You know what? Maybe hint of mint. If I want to add to the uh, tasting on here, hint of mint. I can see that. An aromatic spice. Consulting the flavor oil. Are we talking about a peppermint? Are we talking about a spearmint? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'd go more spearmint on this actually. Yeah. Though, don't ever kid with me about tasting notes. Peppermint,
2: honestly, really, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This is uh, this is such a fantastic bourbon. This is like. I think top five of all that I've tasted, not just Four Roses, but, yeah, but just, in general. yeah. This is and
2: Was probably tasted half a million bourbons at this point. I wouldn't say that not much, but 250,000. Half of yeah, a half some, million? Yeah, yeah.
1: Somewhere, somewhere like that. But the, uh, I mean, this is just such a beautiful expression of what bourbon could possibly be, like representing age, representing diversity blended together. Yeah. Um, it's it's got so much going for it. Like like I said, the nose you can you can sit and enjoy that for for hours. Um, the the palate is sophisticated. It jumps around, but it's never disjointed. It's always connected and really nicely balanced. And that finish, even though that spice, both wood and rye, is present, it's not sharp in in any sort of way. It's really pleasant. Like it just kind of dances on on your tongue. Like this is this is a, a special occasion drink.
2: For sure. Kuba has just described the perfect partner. Find somebody who looks at you like Kuba looks at this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As Jenny looks at me, just like that.
2: It's true. It's true.
0: <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know.
2: <laughs> she's saying. She's saying. Wrap
0: it up. <laughs> but I, yeah, wonderful pour.
2: That is amazing.
0: Was that yours? Who brought that? That was mine. That was oh, mine. okay. Thank you very much for sharing that. Via via Todd. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a gift. It's irre- irrevocable. So, thank you.
3: Do we want to share the story that your favorite Four Roses, Limited Edition, Small Batch was which one before I gave you a blind tasting of Ooh, a
0: couple? I like this. Was it the 2017? I think it was the 2018. 2018? 2018? You were
3: so floored by the 2019 that you don't even remember what your favorite yeah, was Yeah, it was before. like the
0: 2018 is hot garbage compared to the 2019. Which is... So I had a couple of
3: bottles open on the bar, and I was like, oh, that'd be a fun blind tasting to test whether your favorite is what you think it is. Yeah. And he got back to me, and I was like, oh, you chose the 2019, my friend.
2: Now, yeah. now Parker, here's yeah. what you have to say. I don't know if I would do that every time. We should do that again.
0: You know what? I think we might have that uh, episode in the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People are going to hate us for, ha- for recording that episode. <laughs> They'll be like,
2: oh, yeah, these guys got access to everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what? When you have a a massive, massively popular podcast like we do, it just... You know, it's, it's easier. And wow. I'm sorry to everybody who can't get some of this stuff, but it's, you know, it's the benefit of uh, having an incredibly popular oh podcast.
2: Oh my, yeah. Well, people are just sending stuff all the time. Just, you um, gotta do the ma- uh, address so that people know where to send stuff. But yeah. also, really, it's just like, we have, for, like, this is a really good group of friends. That's kind of how we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a group of friends, and like, we'll have our things that we like so much. Like, Cuba is a Four Roses nut. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that affectionately. Um, fair. you know, I've uh, gotten really into old Forester, um, old Forester, And then, you know, Todd's got everything just, like, <laughs> yeah, you have such a diverse
3: palette. What, what guy am I?
2: You're the diverse palette uh, guy. Like the, the lucky, you, like seven, lucky seven, guy. seven, right? Yeah. Todd's yeah. the lucky seven guy. I mean, if there's one, you know, but you, I mean, you don't limit yourself yeah. to that. You either. know,
0: don't sleep on the Windy City Sippers. Oh my um, God. Great bourbon group here oh in Chicago. God.
2: The best. I am wearing this shirt right now.
0: You are very much wearing that shirt. Nice. You designed it. I it's did. Good. I did. But also, Koopa <laughs> designed a logo though. Yeah, I was going to say did the logo.
2: This is such a good logo. We I need would. to put this on our Instagram too for people. Absolutely. Koopa's Four Roses collection, and sorry, and then um, the yeah, Wendy City Sippers logo. Give some love there.
0: That you actually just gave me a great idea that we'll talk about after this episode. But I. Uh, I love it. Anyway, it, that was intro to Four Roses, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was educational. Kubi, you got anything to add before we go?
1: I was gonna say, since since we're sitting here, we're sitting here with the regular shelf offerings and we've tasted the the kind of nectar mm-hmm. of what four roses can mm-hmm. produce. How do we how do we feel the regular offering compares to the pinnacle of of that's what they co- have to offer?
2: I mean, that's a good question. You
0: no, know, I understand why people just go crazy for the uh, the pinnacle of it, the the limited edition one, because it's just so good. But I, I get a lot of the, the building blocks of what we just tasted in those things we tried previously, which I love about that. It's like if, you, if you've if you tried elimination of any vintage, um, really think about it and then try some of the regular offerings from these guys. And you're going to find those building blocks in there, which I think is really cool. That It's not just like they have their one awesome thing and everything else is just kind of trash. No, everything we tried today was good. I was not upset about any of it. Even the $20 one was very good I I would drink that any any day of the week and I have many times so (laughs) uh, I'm very impressed with how different everything was but also how I could see how you combine some of the aspects of the different things to get to the really crazy good stuff
2: yeah I think of these um, expressions as like you know one of them is a daily sipper one of them maybe not daily you should probably be a little more moderated than that but like one is like go to and then one of them is like birthday parties and then the other one is like like the birth of a child or something like that you know the, the last one we had the limited edition oh.
0: new child's born every day buddy so I like your thoughts on that <laughs> right <difference>. right <laughs>
2: so it's a daily the limited edition small lunch mm-hmm. good
0: but uh, alright guys well thank you so much for being here uh, if you have uh, any fun comments on this episode or ideas for future ones please email us shyspiritsguys um, at gmail.com
2: we don't have this mailbag today do we
0: no we have a, we don't have mailbag like this one we've got a, um, I know we've got one for a future episode we're excited about nice but uh yeah, no no mailbag today. But uh, yeah, Chispiritsguys at gmail for any fun mailbag questions, we'll read your question on the air and try to answer it as best we can. Or uh, find us at Chai Spirits Guys on Instagram. And uh we look forward to seeing you guys next time here at Chai Spirits Guys. Cheers.